morning and welcome to Tobin Talks. I'm your host, Tina Hove, and today we'll be talking with Riel Curia. How are you doing, Riel? I'm doing good, enjoying uh, working from home for now. <laughs> working from home is pretty good. Um, do, do, don't you miss uh, kind of the, the lecture style of uh, being in, a, in an auditorium with some students? I do miss being, that's the best part, my favorite part is being in there and engaging with people especially students um, but other than that working from home is uh, I don't I really don't like commuting so um, <laughs> you know what I think especially in winter especially in winter commuting can be a nightmare uh, Rio why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and your background yeah um, so I've been working at the University of Manitoba for two years now or 2.5 years <laughs> and I started uh, in 2018 I'm an assistant professor in the Department of Political Studies, and I do research on indigenous uh, politics, mm -hmm. particularly sort of the theoretical knowledge of politics from the uh, Ininu, Nainu people, which is a group of uh, Cree people in Northern Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario. So that's what part of my political research looks at. I'm also interested in Indigenous methodologies, and um, I have a book that's uh, going to be coming out sometimes next year on that topic. That's exciting, and uh, it is really exciting. It's my first major book, and so I'm pretty pumped about that. And then all my teaching. Um, one of the reasons I was hired was to the politics department wants to have more Indigenous politics classes we have one indigenous faculty member uh, mm -hmm. dr Kier ladner and now myself mm -hmm. and um, so the reason for me is to um, be able to teach more courses and so right now i've been teaching an indigenous politics for the past this past year just indigenous politics which is really exciting for me mm -hmm because in, it's one of the few places in Canada uh, where you have indigenous politics courses um, all the way through from introduction to advanced mm -hmm. at a at, um, university with a political studies department. You know, there are a lot of indigenous uh, um, departments mm -hmm. and faculties across Canada, but here we have enough that we have we can have sort of streams in our in the department so it's it's pretty it's unique to canada mm -hmm. and so i'm excited that uh, i'm able to work with a lot of indigenous students have indigenous classes and um that's yeah. that's 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 me <laughs> fantastic cool what's your book about my book is on indigenous methodologies and really looks at the idea of what there's many stages to indigenous research um, mm -hmm. from planning a research project to you know actually doing the research and there's a lot of work out there on the methodology component so how do you do the research mm -hmm. um, that's essentially what methodology re literature looks at mm -hmm. and one of the things i was as i was doing my research um my early research, my doctoral mm -hmm. dissertation, I started to notice that there's not a lot of uh, information out there on uh, what does that mean when you're doing, you know, analysis and interpretation of your whatever project you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and what is indigenous analysis and interpretation what does that mean and there's a lot on the theoretical concepts you know what does that actually mean but the uh, the practical aspects were were limited and that was challenging for me as a doctoral student because you have to do actually uh, uh, some major research project so what is that what does that really mean when you get down to the practice of it? And so my book looks at the, the theory of, of analysis, indigenous analysis, interpretation, and then the practices. And then it focuses on the work that I've done in my dissertation. And so that's at the University of Toronto Press. And it, mm -hmm. um, well, it's being reviewed by them right now. So we'll see what happens. Um, the timelines are sometimes next year hopefully you know i, I don't know if covid's going to create any delays with with the publication process but mm -hmm. that's what we're uh, looking at and that's what my book's about sure makes sense and you you mentioned uh, so the university just uh introduced a new um requirement for indigenous education um within um with, within its um, curriculum. Um, could you tell me a little bit about that requirement, kind of if, if you interact with it at all, what, what are your opinions on that are? Yes, and from my understanding that uh, it's a faculty of arts requirement and mm -hmm. um, there's you know, certain types of classes that can apply to get that uh, indigenous requirement. Mm -hmm. And um, so you have to be using indigenous knowledges or focusing on indigenous people looking at colonization and um inter using indigenous methodologies like there's there's um types of classes that can apply to get this indigenous requirement because they want art students to have an indigenous class um, and so that's um what the goal is to get uh, art students to have an indigenous class something that's required mm -hmm. um and you know that's done for a number of reasons mm -hmm. and i think the main the main one being um not, and i don't know like the mm -hmm. the creators of that what their intention is i just sort of speak as somebody who's seeing seeing what's um this this uh, requirement after the fact mm -hmm. uh, my interpretation of why you have you know, a requirement for students, a required course, mm -hmm. especially on indigenous people is mm -hmm. to, so that they leave the university, that every student has that uh, some knowledge of indigenous peoples or mm -hmm. methodology or colonization. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's critical. I, I think it's, it's critical mm -hmm. to have that, especially in a place where you have, like Winnipeg and Manitoba, where there are a lot of indigenous people, indigenous mm -hmm. people are a growing population. Mm -hmm. um, and so that isn't required at, um, at the lower levels. Mm -hmm. So in my teaching, I, I still encounter students that, who are from Manitoba that mm -hmm. um, this, this is still kind of new. And there's, and there's a lot of stereotypes and misconceptions for people that come in. There's that, mm. that still exists. And then there's also a lot of international students at the University of Manitoba. And mm. the way the immigration process works is, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have to take a uh, test on this information when you mm. come in. So mm -hmm. it's important for, you know, Canadians, 
and it's important to know that history if they haven't learned it and, and many still don't it's mm -hmm. important for many of the students at an institution that aren't from Canada to mm -hmm. learn that and to see the history of mm -hmm. this place that they're calling home or maybe mm -hmm. temporarily or maybe even permanently as they you know mm -hmm. finish their degrees so that's mm -hmm. sort of the justification of having a, a required course and yeah. so you, you mentioned that uh, there's uh, a lot of misconceptions um, around it and then um, the importance of them learning about this could you kind of add a bit of details like what what some main misconceptions are and like how an education on it would help inform the person mm -hmm. well I think one of the main misconceptions is that uh, you know, indigenous people are, are, are something in the past mm. and have been, have disappeared or um, are just like a very small portion of the population. And, you know, Canada wide there, you know, it's like four to 5% of the population is indigenous. And mm. so, I mean, I guess from that perspective, that's, that is somewhat small uh, percentage-wise Canada-wide, but in Manitoba, you have closer to 20% mm. of the people being Indigenous. Um, so, you know, just even knowing that they are a contemporary people is one of the first things that I, I find students don't uh, realize. And mm. um, so that's the first thing. The second thing that... Uh, students don't realize mm -hmm. is you know there's a there's a mythology and a narrative a national narrative in Canada that Canada is a peaceful country mm -hmm. and a good place to be mm -hmm. um, and it is for many people but indigenous people face you know racism discrimination and have faced genocide um, mm -hmm. so knowing that narrative is very important um, because you know to know the the it, it tears apart that the uh, the mainstream discourse that this is a good place and mm -hmm. um, to understand that struggle is to understand is to really understand what Canada is mm -hmm. and I that can give you a deeper understanding of who you are as an individual and mm -hmm. who this what this country is and mm -hmm. and so understanding that is important for canadians mm -hmm. and you know non-canadians mm -hmm. and indigenous people as well because e even for indigenous students um that come into my class mm -hmm. they're um they have conceptions as well i mean on myself i remember uh, when i was a student an undergraduate student um i had conceptions of what who were indigenous people mm -hmm. and um i sort of i thought I'm, i recall think going into university and thinking mm -hmm. there was there was cree people that's who i am and mm -hmm. um there was metis people and mm -hmm. um that was that that's it that was all indigenous people were cree mm -hmm. and i went to university in vancouver and i quickly as i interacted with indigenous people there i quickly realized like this is the Cree, for example, is not even is not even a uh, it's an English word. It's uh, there. There's they have a, a territory 
mm-hmm. um, in Saskatchewan and Manitoba. And so even it's it's important for challenging stereotypes and because everybody anybody can have a stereotype and mm. so learning that that the basic history is important for understanding who you are and what this country is mm, for sure now when you look when we're looking kind of at what the university has done this this seems like um kind of it's 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 first one of its first few steps to attack to addressing these stereotypes um and it's having it isolated to the faculty of Faculty of Arts is a bit interesting, I have found, because, you know, I, you know, ASPA students could benefit from this, you know, engineering students could benefit from this as well. Um, would it kind of, in, in your state, do you think, do you think that it's, it's, what do you think of the decision to make it an arts faculty um, requirement as opposed to kind of a university degree requirement? Yeah, there's, that's a very interesting uh question and challenge mm-hmm. before I came to the University of Manitoba I worked at the University of Saskatchewan and mm-hmm. they had shortly before I started they had implemented a university-wide requirement to have um, mm-hmm. an indigenous course uh, so mm-hmm. university-wide like your like your question a- yeah. asks and mm-hmm. um so and I was teaching that course, the one the, the course that was the the required course, uh, which was an introduction course, um, and it was interesting to see that the the opinions of students. It was a big mm-hmm. course. There's there was over three hundred students in the course, mm-hmm. and um, so there's there's challenges to offering that kind of course as a as an instructor. Mm. Um, you know, so maybe that maybe is that the best way of delivering that uh, material? Uh-huh. Um, so it's not that, like a capacity thing as well, right? Like uh, as an instructor, like like teaching it such a large group, right? Yes. Yeah. Should people know about it? At, at, in theory, the, yes. the, the, your question is like: Is it a good idea to have indigenous requirement? Uh, I think it. it it should be there. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea in theory, mm-hmm. uh, so that everybody has mm-hmm. some basic knowledge on that. Just like we get students to have some math uh, yeah. classes, some English classes, mm-hmm. right? You know, that's that should be a requirement for the university. Those those are requirements. And now mm-hmm. we're saying we're adding to that and saying you need to know about Indigenous people. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's a good um, thing in, in theory. And I, I got to witness that when I was teaching that in, in my previous work. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to see, I think, it, how students benefited from it. Now, in theory, it works. In practice, the issues, <laughs> the issues are one of capacity. And um, so who, if there is a university-wide cl- class, who would teach that? Mm-hmm. And then what does teaching that mean for mm-hmm. the other departments? And, mm-hmm. you know, there is, there is sort of challenges with, let's say if it was me, for example, to teach that course, mm-hmm. and it's, I'm, a, I'm in political studies, I'm mm-hmm. in the faculty of political studies, uh, or sorry, I'm in the department of political studies in the faculty of arts. Mm-hmm. Now, say I teach that course, and um, 
I'm, I do a really good job, mm -hmm. then a lot, maybe some of those students, many of the students that take these sort of intro classes are first years. Mm -hmm. What if, what if some of those students suddenly are like, you know what, I was thinking about engineering, but mm -hmm. you know, this class was so good. I think I want a degree in arts mm. or I think I want a degree in political studies. Mm. Um, so the challenge at, a, at an institutional level becomes um, the actual mechanics of making that work and who's going to teach it. Mm -hmm. And it's a challenge teaching, a, you know, a big class. If there's 300, if there's a thousand, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. um there's classes at the for example at the university of alberta mm -hmm. they have a a class that's a massive online course where they have thousands of students taking that class mm -hmm. and it was actually it got to be quite popular there was a canadian star tv star dan levy took the course mm -hmm. and it, it 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 was sort of a story this past year it, it's not a required course mm -hmm. but um so there's some really challenging things that the university to actually make that course happen whether it's a good thing or not is i think it's a good thing i think it should happen in theory but then maybe it shouldn't happen in practice just because who teaches that and um is you, uh, is there the capacity to teach that and it, it can be it's a it's a it would be a uh it's a burden as, as much as it is um, a strong, a good, a good thing yeah, for I, uh, the university. Yeah, you, you mentioned something that's interesting. You mentioned like the question of who teaches that. And recently we've been kind of, uh, at least here um, on the podcast, we've been talking a lot about having people own their own stories, right? Like you, we noticed, you know, kind of in, you know, in the summer, there was, there was a lot of talk about, you know, minority peoples and, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter um, movement and a lot of the conversations that were starting to come up was like who's teaching you know the stories about people right who's teaching these stories do you feel like maybe one of how do you how do you feel about how the course is being taught do you feel like this is something that indigenous politics and indigenous learnings should be taught by indigenous people or are they or should they be opened up more to like how statistics can be taught by anyone you know like what what are your thoughts there yeah you know, there's some foundational scholar, scholarship and and race uh, in the states. There's a there's a scholar I, I think about her. I, her name is Collins, and she talks a lot about um, you know racism in the United States and um, blackness. And one of the interesting things that that stuck with me about her work is she mentioned you know the role of this this racial work or decolonization mm -hmm. if like if we extrapolate it to what's happening in canada mm -hmm. that work ends up falling on the, the people that it's impacting so mm -hmm. you know it's supposed to benefit them but the work of decolonization ends up becoming the work of the people that are decolonized mm -hmm. and that's it that's a lot it, it's a lot of work and mm -hmm. um you know some people want to do that um, but other people but not everybody is focused on decolonization or not everybody is focused on these concepts you know we if we look at the faculty of arts we have indigenous people in english and mm -hmm. with sociology and law and politics and and even those in native studies have a wide variety of interests um, so it can be 
it's it, it's a real daunting task to sort of do this work because mm-hmm. not everybody is a reconciliation scholar or not everybody is thinking about that so mm-hmm. um it's it's a real challenge to to do this and mm-hmm. um you so know you, new, yeah sorry yeah go ahead go, no sorry finish your finish your thought go, go oh. ahead i was kind of done there yeah yeah i was i was thinking about about this it's kind of we kind of get to the end here we have about five minutes left here and you mentioned the work of decolonization uh and you say it extrapolating to canada what is decolonization in canada like right now for those who may not know what that's what that's about yeah uh in its simplest form decolonization is all about undoing the legacy of colonization Mm. And um, so what, what does that mean mm-hmm. at an institution is another interesting question. What does like decolonization and education mm-hmm. mean? Um, and so that has been viewed as so, embedding indigenous materials and having indigenous people, not just represent, it's not just about the representation it's about a change in philosophy hmm. um and so that's what decolonization at, at, at an at an education institution looks like and so yeah. that can that can mean hmm. a lot of different things because there are so many indif- indigenous people and there's so many perspectives on what 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 does that decolonizing mean in, in an indigenous world view and so there's a lot of thinkers that sort of think try to uh, interpret that meaning in indigenous world views and um, I I think it means um, living in, in the good way and so uh, as a theoret as a as a framework and so here at an institution mm-hmm. I approach that um, since I'm only a, a professor and I work specifically with my class you know that means embedding indigenous content focusing exclusively on indigenous content mm-hmm. um so that's what that means at a very in my teaching okay yeah i know that that makes perfect sense and then i guess i guess the last the last kind of thing i wanted to touch on is you mentioned that the work of decolonization ends up falling on those who were impacted by it can can you touch briefly on how the rest of the world can help like how can how can we add you know value to to those who are doing this work I think uh, you know taking taking these classes and uh, is is very important for decolonization and and help and supporting this work um, so that you be becoming a better ally is, is about um, critical education so that means learning the history and then reflecting on that and thinking about your role and so you know taking these courses and then thinking about your position as uh, a Canadian, as an Indigenous person, as a newcomer, mm-hmm. as whatever you may be, mm-hmm. uh, and thinking about your position um, to Canada, to Indigenous people, mm-hmm. uh, and thinking critically. So that is the, what the next step, I guess, for um, people that want to support this mm-hmm. cause. 
For sure. Well, thank you so much, Raul. I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us. Um, and yeah, do you, any last words or thoughts before we, we sign off? No, I, I, um, I guess, or, or maybe yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, back to your question about, you know, the, the content to having this, is it a good idea? You know, I, I think, I think it is a good idea to have these courses. It's critical for everybody to know uh, about mm-hmm. English, about math, about indigenous people and the history of this, this territory. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's everywhere in, in when you're walking around this world and this, this territory. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's in the name Manitoba. It's in the city. It's in, you even know indigenous terms mm-hmm. and, you know, knowing where those come from. And I, I think it's critical about for, to be a good citizen of this world, not just mm-hmm. Canada. So um, that's why I think it's important to have these types of requirements and and maybe a good idea to have it faculty by faculty that that's way the faculties can have their people teaching it and mm. um of course with with coordination between mm. the university so that's it mm. nice talking to you awesome thank you so much thank you so much and uh feel, feel free to reach out when your book comes out i'd, I'd love to to chat about uh what what you have in there excellent okay well we'll talk to you later